You're listening to The College Loop, your number one podcast for Auburn sports, talking all things orange and blue every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. Hey, you know what to do. You're grown. You know what's right. 19, 16, I I never know exactly what those mean, but we're somewhere in that ballpark. It's 1 o'clock in the afternoon in Auburn, Alabama, and this place was lit. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 60 of the College Loop Podcast. Just me and Tar in the studio today, and uh, before I'm I'm about to just throw it right into it. Uh, Tar, how you doing? I'm hanging in there, man. No complaints. Ready to talk some Auburn ball, Peyton Thorne, Shocker, and Diamond Sports. Wow, we got a we got a big <laughs> slate of Diamond Sports today. Oh yeah, and just to get it moving and grooving into football, we have a big question. Or do you want to start with the offensive lineman first? Uh, let's go ahead and just drop the offensive lineman news, and then we'll 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 move into the, the bigger question and, and the bigger debate on today's show that'll get you and I riled up. So yeah, so in case you were living under a rock, Auburn picked up their ninth offensive lineman from i think both the portal and the 23 23 recruiting cycle in general but nine o linemen in a singular recruiting cycle is wild bizarre uh, Bonkers. and uh jade muskrat tulsa offensive guard at six foot three 300 pounds uh obvious ties to one philip montgomery philip with one l by the way sure uh, and looking at it from that, uh, you just got another body in that offensive line. I don't think this is a guy that's going to start. I talked about the Auburn Daily Show today with Mr. Andrew Stefaniak. You have three positions right now in the O-line that are set in stone. It's your tackles and your center. Left tackle, Dylan Wade. Right tackle, Gunnar Britton. And center, Avery Jones. And the guards are all up for grabs with Tate Johnson, Jeremiah Wright, probably the favorites. Connor Liu, Xavier Miller, Cameron Stutz, and Jaden Muskrat now in the mix for that. But overall, pretty daggum good offensive line. It's much, much, much improved. The bar was on the floor. And uh, <laughs> Hugh Freeze and company were not messing around when they said that they were going to come in and identify positions of need, position groups of need. I think that anyone with any perception of football knew that this was going to be, I guess, priority 1A. And, and and Hugh Freeze and company did so accordingly. So this is it's it's a good pickup for a depth rotation. You want to be able to let those big boys sub in and out and make sure that they are fresh as can be so that they can push that offensive line to protect a guy like Peyton Thorne. Yeah, they are so fresh and so clean, clean, as one can say. But to get into the uh, conversation about Peyton Thorne, does Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery, do they tailor this offense – into an RPO for, as you put, dual threat. Peyton he's listed Thorne. as a dual threat. <laughs> I mean, he can run. I've seen, I've seen his highlights. He's he's a little shifty with it. Little, I kind of compared him to a little Jarrett Stidham-esque. Uh, he, he he prefers to pass, but if he wants to run, he, he's got some sneaky athleticism out on the field. Okay. Okay. <laughs> whatever, whatever, Bill Belichick, whatever you say. Hey, the, 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 play, the play style is pretty much the same. I can't call you Bill Belichick. We've been informed that you don't know as much ball as guys like him and Saban. So I've got to, I've got, I've got to, I've got to tailor there. By the way, I'm loving the YouTube banter. I'm, I'm fully embracing it at this point. So I'm just, I'm here for it. <laughs> Let me, I, I guess to answer that question, the short answer is sort of. I know that's a, it's a yes or no question, but the answer is, in short, sort of. Long-winded answer, in my opinion, Dylan. I'm interested to get your thoughts. 
the days of running a true pure RPO are so gone. It's too much of a simplistic approach. But at its core, at its core, I think I think yes. I think that that was the direction that Auburn was already trending this way. If you had to go with Robbie Ashford, you certainly want to run the RPO. When you bring in Peyton Thorne, not the strongest arm in the world, accurate arm, and and and, and can really take care of the football. We've seen him in the past take care of the football, and, and we know that capacity is there. I think you do. You've got the stable of backs, and I noted this on the on the rundown, Dylan, that I feel comfortable in, in a run-first RPO kind of spread offense. And, and I think that that's probably what suits Auburn the best. Now, does Auburn have the outside weapons to make defenses respect the, the, the pass option there? Is is yet to be to be seen. We we expect big things out of Cameron Brown, Coy Moore, and and I think Nick Marner. We we think can be significant. Rivaldo Fairweather, but we don't we don't and know how that, how that. I'm sorry. Yeah, and some more people. And and some more folks that are that are joining joining the Tigers newcomers this year. Unproven on, on the outside, so you're not sure how schematically that all shakes out. But I do think, in large, at its core, that this this should be a glorified RPO. Hate me if you will. Gus Malzahn offensive scheme. I mean, they're at, at its core, Malzahn's offensive scheme was was a great theory and worked for a very long time. Problem is, he didn't adapt with the times. Your thoughts, Dylan? Is is it, is the RPO still a feasible option here? I don't think it is in a pure form. Yeah, it just depends on who you have at quarterback. Really, uh, we saw with uh, Gus Malzahn, it worked very well with Nick Marshall. It worked very well with Jarrett Stidham, but it does not work very well when you have Sean White, Jeremy Johnson, John Franklin the third. Uh, go back even further. Barrett Trotter probably could have worked for Bo Nix if Bo Nix would have played a half decade decade sooner than he did. Yeah, and uh, you talk about the running backs of benefiting Peyton Thorne. I mean, we saw what he could do with a great running back in the backfield. Uh, Kenneth Walker had his best season in 2021, and Peyton Thorne also had his best season in 2021. And that's when that whole Michigan State team, when Mel Tucker was at the peak of his career, uh, whether or not that is still going on uh, is, <laughs> is, is up to be for interpretation. <laughs> but the thing about that Michigan State team, they went 11 and 2, finished, I think, second or third in their division, got the Peach Bowl win over Pitt. Sure. Big thing about that, Mel Tucker went ham on the transfer portal that year. And the thing about that, he was not sustainable in the transfer portal. And, but he did go full blown, all balls to the wall, crazy on the transfer portal, which looks very much like a what a, one certain coach in Auburn, Alabama, is currently doing. Uh, but overall, I, the wide receivers, we haven't seen what they can do quite yet because the eight A game, you kind of throw out the window. They were not yeah, showing. And, and, they, they were not showing us anything. And in the moments that we got to see them in the spring, it underwhelming is an understatement. But also at the same time. I don't know, man. I, I I don't I don't think that there's a big enough sample size. And, and you and I both have a lot of, I guess, curiosity and, and hope for the careers of Cam, the, the remainder of the careers of Cam Brown and Coy Moore. But I don't know, man. Uh, it's it's tough schematically to to justify saying, oh, well, we're going to go to a pure RPO. I think that's probably a boneheaded mistake. But mixing in RPO looks and and the intuition that we all have that Robbie Ashford will still be involved. It makes this offense, which at its like I, I keep saying at its very core, but la- the past two years has been the most elementary offense that we've seen Auburn run in a very long time. It takes that and makes it interesting because you throw all that crap out the window 
And 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 it's not as much me thinking that Hugh Freeze is a brilliant offensive mind. I, I do think he's a, a good offensive coach. Don't get me don't get me wrong there. But as much as I'm, I'm I'm thinking I'm looking at this roster and thinking there are a lot of really interesting possibilities. When you have a stable of backs like Jarquez Hunter, Demari Alston, that list continues to go on and on and on. Some guys that we think might redshirt and 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 not uh, you know, Jeremiah Cobb redshirt. I don't know if you can even use it. We'll, we'll discuss that later. But it's certainly interesting to see the possibilities with Peyton Thorne at the helm. I think that there are a lot more offensive options. Maybe the triple option. I'm kidding. <laughs> Dear God, no. <laughs> a lot more options uh, schematically. So I'm I'm curious to to see how that pans out, Dylan. And and I think that a lot of people will be watching pretty closely, especially in those early non-con games. You get an early test with Cal, which I'm going to keep preaching it until I turn it into a clip for Cal, the Cal Golden Bears. That that Auburn's not losing that game, but uh, you, you'll find out earlier in the season about how that fix out uh, shakes out. I have a f- bit of a follow-up question, and we were talking about the stable of running backs. How does this offensive roster, how does it benefit Peyton Thorne? And, and, and why, I mean, there's the recruiting aspect that he frees a, a good, if not great, recruiter. Why would Peyton Thorne choose to come to Auburn following the season that it was at? Is there, there has to be a level of looking around this roster and saying, and in this room and saying, okay, we can win here, right? Why is that, Dylan? Uh, if you look at it, I, I think it comes down to the fact that mul- the multiple media outlets are kind of underrating this team a lot. You look at it from top to bottom. You got to look at the running back rooms first. Uh, Jarquez Hunter is going to be a great running back for Auburn. And that is, uh, if, if there's one thing that I am sure of this season, it's like that Jarquez Hunter is going to have a great season yes. in 2023. Undoubtedly. And even, and even behind him, you have Brian Batie, who's probably going to be your kick return, who is going to be your kick return guy, but also probably be your pass passing down threat. Uh, Damari Olsen, same thing. You can't keep Jeremiah Cobb off the field for four games. Uh, then you look at it, the wide receiver room, uh, Nick Barner, Camden Brown. Camden Brown has seen a lot of flashes that, of what he can really be if he had a great quarterback, or at least a good quarterback. Or at least an average quarterback. At least a quarterback that can throw the ball accurately, consistently, unlike what Robbie Ashford could do. I love Robbie Ashford, believe me. Uh, and I hope and I, Peyton Thorne is going to make him better uh, but I think right. we have we've seen the last of the Robbie Asher days. If unless Robbie Asher just turns into Nick Hell. Marshall again, uh, but the wide receiver room is good, and I think it gets a little too much flack for it because top to bottom, and it's not done yet. By the way, wide receiver room not done yet. Not done. Uh, Jair, uh, not with Jair, utmost Jair. certainty, not done. Caleb Burton coming in right after Peyton Thorne. Wide receivers are wanting to come to Auburn for Peyton Thorne. So if anything, if you to, how does Auburn's roster benefit wide receivers? Peyton Thorne is the answer to that question. True, true. Uh, and the offensive line has gotten better. This is a this is a team that Peyton Thorne's not used to in, in his uh, college football uh, careers thus far. As this is a team that actively wants to protect their quarterback now. Uh, well, like, and that, that's not been Auburn's stick in the past. Oh no, the last two quarterbacks, uh, uh, not last two coaching. Uh, campaigns were not very fond of great offensive linemen. We had well, a one of one of them wasn't even interested in recruiting, but whatever. Yeah, well, yeah. don't get me started on Potato Man. Uh, <laughs> but even that point, you got to look at the fact that this defense is also really good outside the linebackers. We don't know about, well, maybe not yet. We don't know yet. 
but <laughs> outside of linebackers, continue. Outside of linebackers, uh, the outside linebackers are good. The jack position, uh, but the defense is really good. Uh, it, you can put your faith in that defense, uh, especially with the secondary. Uh, and if you look at it from that point, I, I think as soon as Peyton Thorne entered the portal, the first person that probably called him up as soon as it went through with you freeze. And that's because Hugh Freeze knew that this was a guy. What? <laughs> I'm laughing at our podcast, speculating about who called who first. Continue. <laughs> well, either way, I, I think this, this this is a guy that Hugh Freeze probably wanted for a hot minute. Yeah, a quarter, or at How least a quarterback along, the, along the same lines. <laughs> but with that. To be clear, Dylan meant that after Peyton Thorne declared to the, in the transfer portal. I'm as reiterating. Soon, as soon as the papers got confirmed through the NCAA, Hugh Freeze was looking for Peyton Thorne's number, called his agent uh, like a couple of hours after. <laughs> but yeah, this is a quarterback that uh, Hugh Freeze definitely wanted. That's why within five days, he was able to get him to the Plains uh, without <laughs> even getting him on campus first. That That's the crazy part. Um Yep, but yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm expecting big things for Peyton Thorne in 2023. Listen, not not to tamper with your mood, but let's let's continue on to <laughs> other. This is that's not me saying Auburn was tampering. I don't think they were at all. But the 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 accusations against the against the pod were funny. Um, <laughs> they were funny. All right, we can laugh now. We can yeah, laugh. It, it's yeah. officially funny. After um, I misspoke and all hell broke loose. Yeah, Dylan the damn podcast heard around the world why didn't the new numbers on youtube then guys like subscribing the bell while you're here but like what <laughs> yeah someone 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 explained that one to me do you want to make a podcast well spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well all in one place for free it's called spotify for podcasters and here's how it works Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all. And I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify Podcasters app or go to Spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Let's talk hardwood hoops real quick. Julian Phillips. That name ring a bell. Young man from the University of Tennessee. Poor Rick Barnes. I really hate it for him. Julian Phillips has hit the transfer portal. I don't know for those of you hardwood fans, if you remember who it pretty much came down to. When Julian Phillips was announcing his decision. Narrator, it was between the Tennessee Volunteers and the Auburn Tigers. He decided to wear that shade of orange, which is a choice, and play for Rick Barnes, also a choice. And now things are weird. Julian Phillips doesn't have a ton of draft stock. He just doesn't. Didn't see the, the court in, in a capacity that really proved that he should be taken in, in, in the NBA draft this year. And I don't know that there's a very long list of schools that he's interested in transferring to. I have no basis with this. It's all speculation. I have some basis, but this is all speculation. I have a lot of basis, but this is all speculation. Folks, I don't, I don't, I think it's a non-zero chance that Julian Phillips is an Auburn Tiger. 
at this coming season. Not right now. Not right now. Not right now. This upcoming season. Let's make that crystal clear so we don't have to lose another episode. Dylan, how big of an addition would this be? Because we went from everyone hitting the panic button on Bruce Pearl to slowly but surely this class is coming together. This The porthole is open. This, I think, makes Auburn a genuinely serious contender to win the SEC. If this happens. Thoughts? Uh, yes. Uh, especially if you were to add in some other players that could be also be transferring to other Tigers uh, very soon. You can, you can name drop Tyron Lawrence. I mean, oh, that's, yeah, Tyron that's Lawrence. Pretty, pretty common knowledge that that's that there's that there's potential traction there, and he did not make the NBA shortlist. And neither did a couple of other uh, basketball players. Uh, and Jay, Jalen Williams and Janai Broom. Bring it on home, John B. <laughs> Bring it on home. Yeah. So just looking at it from top to bottom, real quick. Hypothetical roster scenario. Yeah, let's talk. Out. And then after this, we're going to just say how many games that Auburn can win with this roster. And All right, so sunshine pump. Starting five, you got your point guard Aiden Holloway, your shooting guard Denver Jones, your small forward Jalen Williams, uh, your power forward Julian Phillips, your center Janai Broom, and then your off the bench players. Uh, right off the bench, you got Trey Donaldson, Tyron Lawrence, Chaney Johnson, KD Johnson. Leor Berman, Dylan Cardwell, and Chris Moe. So, I'm going to sunshine pump here for a second, Dylan. It's what I do when we talk about Auburn basketball. I got basketball. I got, I got football. You got basketball. Folks, Dylan, YouTube family, college, those who are looped in, if you will. <laughs> Loopers. That is a team that could not only compete for an SEC regular season and tournament championship. That is a team that can make a run to the Final Four. I don't even think I'm talking that crazy. What Bruce Pearl is cooking right now, let him cook, is remarkable given where this program was at a month ago. I was a little a little concerned when, when Alan Flanagan hit the transfer portal. And then I heard news circle elsewhere. And then Tyron Lawrence doesn't make the short list. And neither does Jalen Williams, nor does Janiah Broom. Well, I'm just going to leave it at this. Like I said, bring it on home, John B. This group could be really, really special, Dylan. And this could be a 25-plus win team in the regular season. Oh, yeah. And with Aiden Holloway, if Jay Will can stay consistent, Julian Phillips let him let him stroke that three a little bit. And if Janai Broom can get some shots up, you have a team that is going to be very known for shooting the three. Uh, Trey Donaldson has yet to have missed a postseason three in his career. I found what. <laughs> a team that can shoot three wearing that navy blue and burnt orange should be very scary for other teams. We've got Trey. Do, 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 do. All right, let's move over to the diamond. Lots. And I mean a lot is going on uh, right right now. A lot of Auburn versus Ole Miss. A, a tiger on Rebel Crime right now. <laughs> so as this show's coming out today, so this is the Thursday installment of the College Loop this week. Auburn softball's first pitch against Ole Miss is tentatively for 11 a.m., barring obviously weather and, and anything else that could happen in the world of softball because we did see Auburn, excuse me, Auburn, Auburn baseball um, take on 
uh, excuse me, get their midweek canceled. And I'm sorry, Dylan, I know you panicked for a second there. I'm not going to skip over baseball. I was just throwing that out there. Softball is playing, probably has already played by the time you're listening to this. And we will give updates on the Sunday show about how their run goes. We're going to talk baseball first. Sovereign Baseball is coming off back-to-back-to-back SEC Series wins. I will take shit I did not expect to say for a 1,000, Alex, (laughs) uh, this this year. They are going into play. I have no other words for this, Dylan, and I'm sorry, back-to-back cursing here. One of the shittiest teams I've seen in the SEC in a minute in the reigning College World Series champions, Ole Miss Rebels. It is amazing how the state of Mississippi just crashes and burns after they win a national championship. Unbelievable. Um, also, correction, Dylan, you, you just told me that it's 10 a.m. Central Time yes. for softball. Yeah, we'll get there in a second. So, Auburn's going to go to Oxford, which Swayze is a tough place to play. It's a tough place to play. This could be four straight SEC series wins. I've got two numbers for you, Dylan, before I turn you loose and get your thoughts on how Auburn wins this series. I've got two numbers. Auburn's combined team ERA. 7.09. Pretty bad. Pretty yes. bad. Pretty, pretty atrocious. Very bad, one might say. Ole Miss's team combined ERA. 727. Some way, somehow, we have found a three-game series of home run derbies <laughs> in the SEC. On the flip side of that coin, Auburn baseball has not been better this year. Auburn pitching has not been better this year than it has been the past four weeks. Really five weeks. That Alabama series, I thought Auburn pitched fine. We talked about that after that week. Dylan, I think that this is that don't let the Tigers get hot first and foremost. But is this the perfect storm? I think so. Uh and I think uh you should just sell your soul for a Friday night win, uh, one might say. Yeah, you just had to say that, right? Just to, because you're a little not superstitious, you were a little stitious. Oh no, I'm I'm extra stitious this week. That's fine. Uh, what, whatever I got to say. Uh, <laughs> but I, I just I think that Auburn can, can can definitely win the series this weekend. I think this is Auburn's best chance at an SEC sweep. Uh, you, need to, you need to say it too. <laughs> what? Sell your soul you for a Friday night win? There you go. Okay. All right, I set it up. Set so, it on the show. Yeah. So you're starting off. You get Tommy Vale's going to be a Friday night pitcher. Uh, there's not going to be an Eagle flight in Oxford. There might be. One might say uh, an Eagle might fly very good. In uh, in Oxford, on the Eagle Saturday. could fly well. Yes, it's potential. <laughs> but looking at it from just what has happened, the fact you run, they run rule the number one team in the country, and then they have to travel to Oxford. And Auburn baseball in general hasn't had the best track record when traveling to Oxford. It's been a bit of a rough patch, and uh, it it would be nice if uh, just getting two wins is fine. I was talking to Andrew Stefaniak, who said the the magic number to host uh, would be you get five more wins in the regular season. In regular season play. And so, yes, mixing up between two teams who aren't in the top ten of the SEC, uh, which is in Missouri and Ole Miss. So, going to be five wins. You need a sweep in a conference uh, and and a series win. That scenario would put you at 16 and 14 in the SEC. Folks. I got to sit up for this. <laughs> That's freaking crazy. This team, I, I, we had all but thrown in the towel in, 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 in March. I mean, let, let's call a spade a spade, Dylan. We'd already said, yeah, maybe just chalk it up. 
Maybe you never count out a Butch team. We'll see how it goes, but this might not be the year. Um, wow. This team can finish over 500 in the SEC. That is tremendous because I don't know how many of you guys are, are baseball America nerds or NCAA ranking nerds. Every team above Auburn in the SEC standings, and including Auburn, is ranked in the NCAA top 25, in the Baseball America top 25. This is the deepest conference in the country for every sport. It's the best conference in the country for every sport. I'll get on my SEC bias pedestal. Tell me I'm biased all, all, all you want, and then show me how I'm wrong, and we'll talk. Baseball specifically, if you can keep yourself in the conversation in the SEC, you'll not, you will not play but maybe a handful of teams in, in the postseason that might could compete with the rest of your league. If Auburn can get to a point where they could host, I mean, they're firmly, they're, they're Hoover's there, locked, which we didn't think was going to happen for a minute there. <laughs> well worried. This team could mess around and find out that they can host a regional. Dylan, this is crazy. I, I mean, I, I'm actually mind blown. And also a huge shout out to Saturday Down South for ranking Auburn ninth and their SEC baseball power rankings. Yeah, huge shout out to them. And some people don't really know how power rankings work. Uh, that's what I found out. Uh, but yeah, it, it, again, you mentioned that we were already like shut down Joseph Gonzalez. Joe goes and no go rest of the season. That became very, that, that got like confirmed two, three weeks ago. I think before the last series when, yep. uh, and that's that was the moment where I was like, well, dang, that's the season. It was a fun ride. Uh, Auburn has it was a fun offensive season, at least. Uh, defense was a bit hard to watch, and then it wasn't even the defense; it's just the pitching. But yeah, true. But then a spark ignited, wildfire came out of Tommy Vale and whoever is pitching on Sunday, and like Herbert, I think it was Herbert Holes. Yes, on Sunday. What in the world? Hi. Hello. Okay. Just getting random great pitching nights from these guys that we were all ready to be like, yeah, I can't wait for another guy to come in and start over this guy. There are things in this world that should terrify anyone. Debt collectors, mother-in-laws, um, Butch Thompson teams coming down the stretch when you have to play them. I don't get it. I don't know what makes it click. I, I, I really, it, it's baffling to me, really. For whatever reason, his groups tend to just peak at the right time. And, and if Auburn's peaking right now, if they're getting to, to where they're at that point, damn, I don't want to play the Tigers. And, and, and no one should want to play the Tigers right now. You saw what Auburn just did to LSU. Manhandled the number one team in the country. Call me a sunshine pumper all you want. I'm shocked. And, and and shocked that the season turned has turned around to the point where it's at. Am I shocked that this, a team that does something like that is led by Butch Thompson? Absolutely not. I, one of the most, in my opinion, one of the most underrated college baseball coaches in, in, in the sport. For sure. Uh, people don't put enough respect on Butch's name. I, I, I will scream that from, from the rooftops. Don't let the Tigers get hot. That applies for softball. It it, it, really, it really it does. So let's uh, Auburn baseball on one end of the spectrum here is is coming in. They're they're playing that underdog card. 
and 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 they're playing it late in the season because they were not super they were slept on at the beginning of the year, but like kind of justifiably slept on. We we kind of learned early on this team needs to figure some stuff out. Yeah. Auburn softball has embraced the villain role in its biggest form, which is awesome, by the way, Auburn fans. I know you always want everyone to, oh, they're so respectful. Like, you know, Auburn's so non-confrontational. No, to hell with that. This is awesome. This rocks. All anyone did was prey on Auburn softball's downfall, and all they have done is give them the middle for, metaphorical middle finger. Excuse me. This team's a three-seed in the SEC tournament, taking on an Ole Miss team who just upset the six-seed in LSU. And Brie Ellis goes on her Instagram two nights ago and says, most hated team in the country. And we love it. And you just go through the comments. I don't know if you read through those comments, Dylan, but they were awesome. You look at Carly McConaughey, and we love it. Maddie Penta, they want it. You know, they, they're not ready. You know, pe- people saying, put the word out, the Auburn's back up. Auburn was back up all year, by the way. By the way. So you're telling me that Auburn softball behind the arm of Maddie Penta gets to take on 11 seed Ole Miss. I'm going to ask you a second. We're, we're going to circle back. This is my my whole soapbox segment, all right? Tar soapbox. 11 seed Ole Miss, and then they get a chance to go back and level things up with a team from Athens, Georgia, that they left that school with a pretty sour taste in their mouth earlier this year? Oh, hell. You don't want to play Tigers. How does Auburn keep themselves from being a victim to a Cinderella story, though? How do, how do, how do they get that done, Dylan? Uh, you put your faith and arms behind the right arm of Maddie Pinta. That's right. Uh, that's pretty much the simple answer. Uh, when she's not singing the national anthem in front of <laughs> in front of a crowd, or bunting for more, <laughs> or bunting for singles, you know she can rake. So <laughs> I've been told. The rumor has it. Rumors say she's a Shohei Otani of college. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And uh, if we say it every, it, it just comes down. It, I hate every week it comes down to this pitch good, hit good. <laughs> One through nine, all the way down. Uh, you get Nelia Peralta, Lindsay Garcia, Brie Alice pitching, uh, batting third. And then once you get to the bottom, Isis Tresvik has been on a tear. She has been. Uh, KK McCrary has had flashes where she, or games where she has just taken over the entire like offensive production. Uh, I think all, some of her hits kind of uh, like led up to the R- RBIs that she got won the game for the Tigers. Uh, Michaela Packard is the fastest uh, softball player in the country. I, it, it's awesome. Uh, if you can just get that for the next uh, four days. You're in good shape. Sheskis, it, it'd be perfect. So one last, I, I guess an intangible, uh, I thought, we, we talked about a minute ago, and I mentioned how how Bree Ellis is really buying in, and the team's really buying into the whole most hated team in the country. People doubt it on us. I think you need to play the hell out of that card. I, I I do because those are the teams that are the scariest teams in the postseason. The the teams that were criminally underrated. People have done nothing but doubt them all year. You've seen Auburn not climb up in in the power rankings or in the rankings the way that we think is justified. Because I don't know what the hell else the rest of the world needed to see out of this team to think that they are a threat to be top fifteen, top ten. And then tell me that they can't compete and go toe to toe with every team in the country. That's just bullshit. You need to buy into that. We've got a chip on our shoulder. Don't lose that chip just because you got a first and second round buy. That's just it's it's imperative. And and and, rem- and remember that 
you have the opportunity to prove every doubt or wrong. And I'm telling you, that team did not leave Athens, Georgia with a good taste in its mouth. If you think that they, if they can get past Ole Miss today, as the show's coming out, that Friday night soft Auburn Georgia softball game must watch television or Friday whatever. I'm sure it'll probably be a night slot because the games will choke down. Must watch television. Those teams don't like each other. Maybe I'm manufacturing this a little bit, but I know for a fact that the Auburn t- girls were not happy leaving that school and felt like they'd left some unfinished business there. I like Auburn's chances to not just make some noise in the SEC tournament. I like some ch- their chances to make a run to the championship in the tournament. Thoughts? Yeah, I completely agree. And you talk about playing the villain role, you got to play it to a T. Uh, as someone who knows how to antagonize more than anybody else, if you're not 100% on it, it doesn't go, it does not work. And you're going to need it to work whenever you go against Tennessee. And even at that, if you want to make a run to the in the Omaha, or is it in Omaha? It's uh, it's uh, Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City. I was about to say, hold on, you yeah, got college go. baseball there. Oklahoma yeah. City. This team took some regional. That's for sure. Oh yeah, but if you want to make a deep run into Oklahoma City, there's going to be another team wearing red, uh, not Bama, standing but, uh, in your way, standing in your way, a big OU standing in your way. If you want to play that villain card, play it to a T. Put your faith behind Maddie Pinto because she has been the most consistent player in in Auburn sports this entire year. I'm just gonna go, not just softball, Auburn sports, sports in general. No one's been more consistent than Maddie Pinto in sports. I don't think you're wrong. Uh, and if you can just get consistent all the way through that entire batting lineup, if if you can get Bree Ellis, if she could hit three or four home runs in the next Some two weeks. tournaments, she's gonna be in. You're in great shape. Great shape. You're in great shape. I'm Harrison Tar. Add by Harrison Tar on the Bird app. I'll be back when I get back. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And and uh, thank you guys so much for all your support. We appreciate y'all. We're growing at a rapid pace. The Dylan Lark TikTok's coming. I promise. We've. I've not been on him. That's on me. I've not been holding him accountable. And he's <laughs> definitely going to wait until I tell him he has to do it, uh, which is justifiable. I kind of did the same thing when it was my turn. Uh, Make sure while you're here, like, subscribe, ring the bell. Let us know. Give us your thoughts. How deep can Auburn softball make a run? How deep can Auburn baseball make a run in in this postseason? Not to mention, throw in your takes about Peyton Thorne and company about if Auburn has the right pieces to run that RPO, that modified RPO. I'll say it. Well, I've said it once. I'll say it a million times. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Dylan, always a good time uh, talking ball with you. I'm Dylan Lark at you, brother Tank, on Twitter. If you're watching, it's just right. Right, right here, right there, at you, boy, the tank, at Y-A-B-O-Y, the tank. Leave your questions in the comments so we can start doing our question of the day segment. I've been waiting for it, but y'all are not asking us questions. You are just calling Tar stupid, which I also appreciate. Fair. Because it means someone else is doing it, and I don't have to do it all the time. So thank y'all for that. But yeah, catch you the Auburn Daily Show every Monday with Lance Taw and Wednesday with, as of right now, Andrew Staniak. And uh, catch Tar on there at some point soon, maybe, hopefully. Maybe again. He'll we'll, be see, we'll see when the when the return when the return happens. It'll 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 be what it'll be. Like I said, I'll see you guys <laughs> when I see you guys. I'm looking forward to coming back, but taking care of myself right now, man. And of course, you got us every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. If you want to follow us, you can have us here, or you can like, comment, and subscribe. You also have us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. No MySpace, but again, thousand subs, we'll get a MySpace. And if you want to listen to us, you got us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. And all being said, the College Week Podcast.